Second Kings chapter number four. And then we're going to read verses, we're going to look at verses 8 through 37, but we're going to get started by reading verses 8 through 17. All right, 2 Kings chapter number 4. And if you're looking at your Sunday school handout and you're looking at the front page, you're saying, isn't this the same handout or the same front page as last week? You remember. Uh, you're exactly right. It is. This is kind of part two to that. Did I give you a handout? Dally? Where's Ethan? Ethan has all the handouts. I don't know where he disappeared to. All right, good morning. And before we get started, you know, Ethan, as you know, is leaving for a, a couple of weeks to go to Switzerland. And uh, so uh, I'll be doing Wednesday nights. I'm going to start, a he'll be gone for three Wednesday nights. So he just finished the book of Daniel. And I'm going to do a three-week Wednesday night series on revival. And uh, we've been hearing a lot about revival in the news. And I'm really not going to talk about what we're hearing in the news so much as what the Bible says about personal revival in our lives. So I encourage you to come on Wednesday night, and uh, that'll be our Bible study. Most of it, much of it's out of the book of James. So if you want to get a head start, read through the book of James a couple of times, just a small book, and that's where I'm going to be drawing a lot of the material from. But um, uh, the Bible has quite a bit to say about revival, and um, we'll learn more about that as we get into the lessons. But anyhow, uh, we've been, last week we talked about faith, and um, let's just read the text this morning, chapter 4. Um, last week, of course, it was the widow and her oil that, that was multiplied. Um, and now, today, we're going to see another instance of a woman. The Bible calls her a great woman, and... Um, how faith works in her life as well. So pick it up, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. There was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and lay there. And he said to uh, Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, or said, and she, he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold now, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? 
And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when the, he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Let's pray. Lord, bless now our Bible study this morning. Let it bring honor and glory to you. We're just so thankful, as always, Lord, for your goodness to us. We're thankful for your mercy and for your grace. We pray, Lord, that you'd not only bless our time here around your word, but be with the Sunday school classes downstairs. Uh, then be with the junior church and the morning worship service to follow. Let all we do today and say bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So if you were not here uh, last week, the front page, we, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's really review, but we talked about faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our confidence that we have in God, in his fidelity, his truth, his wisdom, and his promises. We talked last week uh, about the fact that faith is, we don't have a blind faith. And uh, these three elements that are found in our faith that we have in the things of God. First, you have to have knowledge. If you remember, we talked about that. It's not believing without evidence. On the contrary, faith rests upon the best evidence, namely the word of God. And um, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 13, 17. Then we talked about assent, and then once you have the knowledge, then you have to be in agreement with that knowledge and give it care careful consideration. And uh, we looked a little bit in Matthew chapter 9, and, and uh, when Jesus said, Believe ye that I am able to do this, they said unto him, Yea, Lord. And he had presented himself there as the son of David, they believed that uh, he was who he said he was. And then you have to have appropriation. You have to take possession of it to receive it. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So Jesus is presented to people. Uh, we have the knowledge from the of the Bible with regards to him being our Savior and why he came and what he did for us. And then we come into agreement with that and we appropriate that by receiving Christ as our Savior. And all of this applies not only to our saving faith, but it applies to just our living faith as well, all the promises of God. We just take these promises and um, we, we learn of them. Uh, we then, uh, after considering them, we accept them, and then we put them into practice. And we saw that in not only in, in chapter 4 last week, but as we studied the life of Elijah and we studied the life now we're studying the life of Elisha. We've seen this in all of the different people that they have dealt with, and um, we're going to see it again today. So that's a, just a quick recap of last um, Sunday's Sunday School lesson. So now looking at today's lesson, let's start, to, let's start to see what's happening here. There's a misprint on your handout, uh, on the back of your handout, where it says her hospitality. It should say verse 8 through 11. Yeah, verse 8 through 11, not verse 1 through 11. But the first thing I want to talk about this morning is faith being characterized by the woman's attitude. And attitude plays a lot, plays a big part in our faith. And um, we see in this woman 
uh, a beautiful example of having the right attitude in a number of instances as we look at the text here. But the first thing we see, as I want you to see, is the fact that she was a woman that practiced hospitality. And that is part of our faith, to practice hospitality. The scriptures teach us that. Look on your handout, if you would. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 9. The Bible says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. In other words, if you're going to practice hospitality, don't be grudging about it. You know, so enjoy it if you're, going to, if you're going to be hospitable. And uh, let's see here in, uh, in our text, let's see some things. So look again in verse 8. So the Bible says this, again, it fell on that day that Elisha passed to Shunam, and um, where was a great woman. Now, the woman, she was a great woman. I don't know if, that, if, the, if the great here was she was just well-known great, or she was a big woman. Uh, I'll leave that up to your imagination. But she's a great woman one way or the other. And, um, and, and, and let's just leave on here. All right, so it goes on and it says, uh, and she constrained him to eat bread. So apparently Elisha's passing to and fro, and she sees this man, Elisha. She's, uh, we know in the text that she believes that he's a holy man, he's a man of God, and she appreciates him. And she wants to be hospitable to him. And uh, so she, she, the, the Bible says she constrained him, almost like, come on, you've, you've got to stop, and I want to feed you. And uh, sometimes women are like that, you know, uh, in, certain, in certain situations. Like in certain, isn't that kind of like, I, I, Frank, you're, you're Italian through and through. Wasn't that kind of like Italian uh, moms when the family would come over, like, eat, 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 right? It's exactly like that. Eat. And so this woman was kind of that way. And so Elisha, he's going to take her up on it. And, um, and so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned thither to eat bread. So this became a regular routine. And um, she seemed to enjoy taking care of this holy man. And he seemed to enjoy eating. And um, so that's what happened here. But that's part of our faith, isn't it? To be hospitable to people. And, um, and don't forget this either. And we've mentioned this. Well, let me, let me see if I can kind of stir your memory. Spiritually speaking, what's taking place in Israel at this time? What are we, especially in the life of Elijah. Who are the, who's the king and the queen? Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab's, Ahab is dead. Jezebel hasn't died yet. But it's a wicked time. There's apostasy. This is, remember, we talked about Elijah and taking on the prophets of Baal and being hunted down. And we talked about Elisha and getting into the ministry. He came from what looks like a pretty well-to-do family. He had 12 yoke of oxen. So he was not only giving up that lifestyle to become a prophet, become a man of God, uh, he knew that he's going, he's going to be ministering to a culture that by and large was in a, uh, had a characteristic of apostasy. 
But he loved the Lord first and foremost. And he wanted people to know about the Lord. And he wanted at first to be a servant to Elijah, and then he became the main man. And uh, so this woman, in a sense, she's kind of taking a step of faith in the sense that you know, the prophets weren't all that well liked. So she's showing hospitality to a prophet that isn't all that well liked by the leadership there in the nation. So she's putting herself out a little bit with regards, with regards to that. But she's a woman of hospitality. And, um, you know, re remember, in fact, keep your finger here. We'll come, we'll come back real quick. Go to the Gospel of Luke real quick. So how do we tie this into a New Testament uh, uh, example? Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter 14. We had some hospitality here at the church yesterday. The Aaron and, and Ken put on a, quite a breakfast. I'll tell you what, that was... Uh, that wasn't, a, um, that wasn't a, a donut and coffee breakfast. Uh, man, alive, that was uh, good stuff, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I was glad that uh, uh, I had to pick up my daughter Talitha at the airport, but I was glad to be able to grab some of that food and eat it before I, I headed to the airport. But thank you to the two of them for that hospitality. But look what Jesus said here, the example he gives us in, in Luke chapter 14, verse 12. Then said they unto him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and recompense thee be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Now, there's nothing wrong with having dinner with your friends and your neighbors and people that are wealthy. But the, I, the idea here with regards to what Jesus was saying is, look for those who are in need. Now, from a spiritual sense, this text that I just read out of the Gospel of Luke is one of the primary reasons that we run a bus ministry. Because a bus ministry usually goes into the areas of town where often you could say there are people don't have all the means that somebody else might have. These kids, they come from homes sometimes that, are, that can be difficult. And um, the bus ministry isn't a money maker. The bus ministry is a money loser. But that's okay. We're not in it for money, right? But you understand what I'm saying. You, you pick up these kids, you bring them, you feed them, you give them the gospel. That's the spirit. There's the spirit of hospitality. Um, somebody said this to me, and, uh, well, I won't tell you what they said. Um, I'll, I'll leave that one. I'll, I'll, I'll. But anyhow, um, let's go back to, the, to, uh, to 2 Kings chapter 4. Um, so uh, we see in this woman the spirit of hospitality. But look what else we see with regards to her here. She's a very humble woman. Um, pick it up in verse 9. She said to her husband, Now, but, but now, I perceive that this, this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. Let's make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there. But she makes a little room for him, prophet's chamber. They put a bed in there and a table and a stool and a candlestick. 
It's pretty basic. Uh, and when he comes, she says, he'll turn in and he'll stay with us. And so that's what happens. He, he passes through that town and he's got this place to stay and uh, maybe a place for, where, he can, where he can pray and where his servant um, Gehazi stays with him there. And, uh, and that's what she does. But we see something else with regards to her humility because look at verse 13. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And here's her answer. So you understand what's happening here? And we'll get a little bit more into this when we look at, at Elisha's uh, gratitude. Because he wants, he wants to show her his gratitude. But look at her response. What does it say? When he, he says, listen, if you need something, I can speak to the king for you. I could speak to, I could speak to the captain. I could speak to, I could speak to the, you know, the leaders if you need something. She says, no. She says, I'm okay. I don't need anything. I just want to do this because you're the man of God. And I understand what you've been called to do. And I want to be a blessing to you. Good attitude, amen? That's her attitude. I don't need anything, she said. And, um, you know, sometimes you find that in ministry with people. Uh, and I'm thankful that we have a church that, by and large, people come and spiritually they want to receive, but they also want to give. And, um, and they want, in any way that they can, to... to uh, Really, it's, a, it's not recompensing or, or saying thankful. It's saying thankful to the Lord. We'll talk more about that. But, but this woman is, no, that's her humility. Likewise, look on your hand, ye younger, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. Now, I want to show you something interesting, though, that happens to this woman several years later. So keep your finger here. We'll come back and go to 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. So now years have passed by. And uh, in fact, in chapter 4, we're going to see that years have passed, will pass just in that one chapter. But in 2 Kings chapter 8, pick it up in verse 1. Then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life. We're going to see that in just a few minutes. This is the same woman. Saying, Arise, go thou in thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. So years later, there's going to be a famine. Elisha says to this woman, You need to leave. You need to go somewhere where you can get food. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. Now, um, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. So she's gone for seven years. Came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. She went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. So now she doesn't go to Elisha. She goes to the king and she says, I'd like my land back and my house back. Well, the king talked with 
Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that she has, or all that was hers, and all the fruit of the field since the day that she had left the land, even until now. You see how God worked all that out? What a blessing that is for this woman. She's just a humble woman, just wanted to help the man of God. And years later, she has a need. And God knew that need, and God saw her faith, and God interceded for her, and... Um, that's how faith works. Amen? That's a blessing. So we'll go back to 2 Kings. So the woman, she's a woman who, who practiced hospitality. She's a woman of, of great humility. But now we turn to Elisha, and, and we see aspects of his faith here. And so we see in uh, beginning here in, um, in chapter 4, in verse number... Um, Verse number 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he, said, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? What can I do for you? You've done for me. What can I do for you? And... This really ought to be the attitude of you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't do things for people to uh, owe us, but when people help us, we, wanna, we ought to want to reciprocate. Amen? And so this is what Elijah is going to do here. It's his recompense. Uh, he had offered to speak to the earthly authorities. Oh, we'll see that. He's going to offer to speak to the earthly authorities. Let's keep reading. Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain or to the host? And she answered, I dwell with mine own. We already talked about that. Verse 14. Well, what's then to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, she hath no child and her husband is old. So I'm assuming if her husband is old, she's probably up there in years as well. And she has no child. Her husband, she, you know, in those days, if your husband died, it was expected that your children would take care of you. And um, so he calls her. And when he called her, she stood at the door. And he said, listen, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. And she said, no way. <laughs> you know, says the name of, she says, no way. And, and, and this is quite bold, because she believes he's a man of God. Don't lie to me. Don't be lying to me. But she says, no, you're going to have a son. And uh, where Sarah, when she was told she was going to have a son, she laughed. When, when, when uh, this great woman is going to have a son, she just doesn't believe it. But Elisha wants to do something for her. He wants to reciprocate. He wants to recompense her. And, um, of course, Elisha can't give her the child. It's God that's going to give her the child. Amen? 
So it's really, I really think this is kind of neat because Elisha, he's, he asked her first, listen, I can, go to the, I can go to the earthly courts and I can, do, I can ask them to help you any way that you'd like. She says, no, I don't need that. And then Elisha says, but I can go even one step beyond that. I can go to the heavenly court and I can talk to our Lord about all of this. And this won't be the first time, this will, uh, or the last time. We'll see as we read on. And so, he, he, this is how he's going to recompense her. There's a beautiful illustration of this in the book of Ruth. Turn, go ahead and turn there. We're turning around to quite a few scriptures, but I want you to see this. The book of Ruth. Well, if you're saying, well, where is the book of Ruth? Well, back up. And go through 1 Kings, 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel, and you will arrive at the book of Ruth. So if you, if you don't know the story of Naomi and Ruth, Naomi, and, um, Naomi has, is living um, outside of Israel, and um, her husband, Elimelech, he dies. And she has two sons, and they die, and the sons were married. The sons were married to Orpha and to Ruth. And now Naomi's going to go back to Israel, and Naomi's going to say, it says to her daughters-in-law, listen, my sons are dead, your husband's, my husband's dead, you're free to leave, you're free to go back. And who can tell me what is... What's the famous verse? You don't have to get it exact, but if you can paraphrase what Ruth says to Naomi. Right. And so she sticks with Naomi and they go, huh? Your God is my God, right. And so she sticks with her mother-in-law and they go back. And um, so pick it up now in chapter two. So again, Naomi, or excuse me, Ruth, wants to be a blessing to her mother-in-law. It's always good to be a blessing to your mother-in-law. Amen? <laughs> I didn't get the biggest amen there. <laughs> yeah, Ken. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Jane just walked in, and so she didn't, probably didn't hear me say that. But if she heard me say that, she'd... she'd uh, huh? Her hair is perked up. All right. <laughs> well, let's pick it up in chapter 2 and verse 1. So, Naomi has a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. So, Boaz, he's pretty well off. And um, Ruth says to the Moabitess, or excuse me, Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And so she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. So you understand this guy, if you didn't pick it up, Boaz, he's related to Naomi. He's a kinsman. And they need to eat. And so uh, Ruth goes to work in the field and to glean in the field ears of corn. 
And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. And then said Boaz unto his servants, unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? He catches, uh, uh, Ruth catches his eye there. Who, who is this young woman? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Let me just stop there for a minute. Verse 7. You understand what she's saying here? We talked a little bit about this last week. We talked about uh, when the woman was told to get the vessels because they were going to be filled with oil. Part of our faith is just not to sit and wait. Part of our faith is action. That one was to be industrious. Naomi, or Ruth here is industrious. She goes to the field. And you remember I showed you in the Old Testament when they would glean the fields, they were told to leave the corners. And so the welfare system of the day was you went, if you, if you were down and out and you needed food, you could go to the fields and you could pick the leftovers. And the point was you needed to be industrious. Nothing worse than giving people money and they don't work for it. That's a whole other message at a whole other time. And I do understand that there are certain times and certain instances where people are not able to work. I'm not talking, I'm talking about able-bodied people. But I talked about that last week. But that's what's happening here. It's the same thing I talked about last week. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, verse 8, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go after, after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, drink of that which the young men have drawn. And then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And listen, listen to what Boaz says here. Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy, nati thy nativity, and art come into a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's just... I don't know, for me, that's just a beautiful thing there. That here she, she could have left. Uh, and she could have went back to the Moabites. She could have found another husband. But she stayed with her mother-in-law. She took care of her. This has become well known. And Boaz has heard about this. In a sense, Boaz is showing his hospitality. Although I think Boaz might have been a little smitten with this young woman as well. Because they end up getting married. And you can read the rest of the story on your own. And uh, except, just read verse 13. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, for thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And, and, and again, you can read the rest of it. But here is, here is Boaz showing to Ruth gratitude with regards to taking care of Naomi. And um, 
I think it's just all part of sowing and reaping as believers. Um, and his, and, and we've, we saw his kindness here to her as, as, as we read here in, in Luke, or in, in Ruth. Now, now go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. And so we find here that, that the woman has a child, and uh, we, we just read that in verses 14 through 17. Verse 17, and the woman conceived and bare a son. Well, that must have been quite the thing, huh? the rejoicing in that house when she had a child. She probably thought she'd never have a child. And uh, here, the, she didn't want anything else. She, it seemed that she had everything else. Um, she didn't ask to have a child. Uh, but when, when Elisha came and, and said this, um, she was just taken aback. And she bare that son that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And um, what a beautiful thing for this, this woman and, and her husband. And now we look at the last part of it. So first we've seen characterized by a woman's attitude, faith is. We've seen faith characterized by Elisha's gratitude. And now we look at faith characterized by the child's vicissitude. Now, who knows what vicissitude means? That's something like, we had a, like a little spelling bee going on at our house yesterday afternoon when everybody was visiting. And it's so like vicissitude, that'd be a spelling bee question. Spell vicissitude. Oh, got y'all, I was stumped too, I had to look it up. Yes. No, good, good try though. Anybody else want to take a shot at it? Vicissitude. No. All right. Huh? No. Uh, pretty close. It, it means a ch uh, when a change takes place. And so I have it here, or a change of circumstances. Because that's what we see happens here. And that's sometimes, many times, where our faith really comes into work where all of a sudden our circumstances change. Things all of a sudden, which were going along one way, now might be different. And uh, we've just got to trust the Lord. In this instance, beginning in verse 18, when the child was grown, so let me just stop there. So there's all the joy and the happiness, they have a son. And now years have passed. And the little, little baby is now a, a young boy. And all of the joy, not only of having a baby, but all of the joy of watching the little boy grow and all the experiences. You know, on Thursdays, I go up to Mount Snow skiing because my grandkids have their lessons there. And so little Eli, he's a piece of work, I tell you what. So he went on the big lift for the first time. You know, he's only this big. And so he went to the top with Kristen, not, not all the way to the top, three quarters of the way up. And uh, he skied once down a trail called Snow Dance. And so his uncle was asking him yesterday, well, how did you do? And he said something like, oh, every part of my body hurt. <laughs> and then he started to tell his uncle, my arm hurt. 
my, my leg hurt, my back hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm skiing tomorrow. I'm going to see you skiing tomorrow. So let's take you over to the North Face as well. Anyhow, I just want it's it's part of the joy of having a child and um, uh, watching them grow up. And here, this woman who didn't have a child. So I'm just trying to get the idea. Her husband and her were just loving on this kid, I'm sure. It's their only child. And um, he goes out to his dad, who's out working in the field, and he said to his father, verse 19, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, well, typical, typical dad, go, go take him to his mother. Let the mom take care of him. So he goes. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon and he died. He woke up in the morning. You, ne you never know what a day will bring, do you? He was a healthy little boy, apparently, when he woke up in the morning, and by lunchtime, he's dead. And now, the woman's faith kicks in. Because often, it's when the circumstances change in life that our faith really comes to the forefront. How are we going to deal with this? For some people, situations like this, this is how they come to faith. In Christ. For some people, situations like this, they get angry with God. But this woman, let's just let's just look and see how she this is. So this first subpoint, it's her beloved. I've made that point already. This little boy. And um, Robert says, For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. But in verses 22 down, we see the, her faith kicking. She called unto her husband and said, send me. Or first in verse 21, she went up and she laid, the, she laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she then goes to her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It's neither the new moon or the Sabbath. And she said, it, will be, it shall be well. Now, there's no indication that, that the husband even knows yet that the little boy has died. And she says, I want to go see the man of God. And he's kind of like, well, and when he says, it's not the new moon or the Sabbath, we learn some things also about the woman there. What do we learn about her? Not the new moon. What, what, can we, what can we glean from that? When, she, when he says, well, wait a minute, it's not the new moon or the Sabbath. Why do you want to go to the man of God? I'm going to say no. She is persistent. But the clue, huh? She is a woman who's going to trust in faith, but specifically the new moon of the Sabbath. What does that tell us about her? Yes. Those are days of worship. So the, the husband says, well, on those days we go and worship. Why do you want to go on this day? This isn't a day of worship. So we see some more, thing of, some more evidence about the woman's faith. And she goes and she saddles the ass. And um, she drives and goes forward, and she's slack not thy riding for me, except I bid. We're going to run out of time, so I've got to go through this quick. So she goes, 
and he's at Mount Carmel, where the, where the School of the Prophets are. And she, when, when um, I'll read quickly. So she went out, came unto the man of God at Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that she said to Jehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, saying to her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered when Gehazi came, Yeah, it's well. And she, now that's, there's, there's a lot you could say about that. Now this, this might sound strange, but I want you to really think about it. When we're believers and, we, and a loved one dies, it is still well with our soul. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? We know where they are. For her, this woman's faith is kicking into high gear here. It's well. And, I, and in my mind, she's saying, whatever the outcome is, I, I think she believes that Elisha can help her. And that's why she goes. And she, she, she meets with him in verse 28. She said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And he said to Gehazi, gird up thy loins. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to read all of this. We're out of time. Go back, take my staff, put it on his face. He does that, but nothing happens. And um, there's much to be said about that as well. Well, verse 32, and when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain, and he prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and he laid upon the child, put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro, went up, stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. He called Gehazi and said unto call the Shunammite. So she called, he called her, and when she was come up to him, take up thy son. She went in. She fell at his feet. She bowed herself to the ground. She took up her son, and she went out. This is a woman who had hope. Real quickly on your handout. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said this. They said, while the providence, while the providence of God, while the providence of God may disappoint sometimes, the promises of God never disappoint. Did you get that? While the providence of God may disappoint us sometimes, causes grief, maybe heartache, because we don't know what God's plan is, the promises of God will never disappoint us. And we can be sure that God will never deceive us. God has got a plan and a purpose for our lives. And so here she sees her beloved child die. Her belief kicks, her faith kicks into gear. She sends for the man of God. He comes. It's a great miracle that takes place here. And um, her blessing is the boy is brought back to life. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And I just want to say this too. In this instance, the boy was raised back to life physically. But there's many a mother and there's many a father that has a child that's dead spiritually. And they pray to God. And they ask God, the Holy Spirit of God, to move on that child and to bring awakening, a spiritual awakening to that child. And, and that child is raised from the dead spiritually because of the prayers of godly mothers and godly fathers. You understand what I'm saying? 
And we could take that whole example and put it right into what just took place here. And um, so just be a people of hope. Be a people who pray. Be a people who just trust that God has a plan and God has a purpose for our lives. And Aaron is giving me the stare down again. Second week in a row. Sorry. Let's pray. Lord, we ask and pray that you would just bless our morning worship service. Let it bring honor and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.